Ephesians chapter 6. It's, it's, if you only study and read the things that you are sure are right, and only thing that you ever look at is, is my way or the highway, you're going to stay right here. Now, I'm not talking about the Bible. We are to do that. But you have to, sometimes there's going to be some things you're going to, Mrs. Stevens told me three, several years ago, you chew the meat and spit out the bones. But if you never chew any meat outside of that, that's how, we, that's how we're going to get broader in our understanding. Yes? <laughs> but I'm not, we are to read the Bibles first and foremost by far. There's nothing, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. But I'm, I'm just saying sometimes there are other ideas. Someone has said 80%, only 80% of our theology will be right in heaven. There's going to be like 20% that we think, I know is right. And when we get to heaven, I think we're going to find out, you know what? I just wasn't quite as right as I thought. Just something to think about. Ephesians chapter 6. It is a wonderful book called the Bible. Isn't it wonderful, the Bible? Have you read, anybody read uh, Job 38 yet? Anybody read Job 38? Yes? Job 38? Has anybody read Ezekiel 38? Ezekiel 38, okay. <laughs> at 39, if you want to read 38 and 39. Let's look at 10, 610. Uh, let's turn on. Thank you, whoever gave me that mental telepathy sign again. Thank you, who's doing that? Uh, must be Mrs. Southworth is giving me that from, all the way from Wheelersburg. Turn on the live stream. All right. 37, 6, 30, yeah, that's all good stuff. 37, 36, 37, 38 lead right into there. We're in Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, schemes of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or withstand, sorry, and in the evil day, and having then all to stand, take that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having then all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, the belt, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, what it's like, I was thinking about this this week. If you cut off the head, anything with no heads is dead. Anything with two heads typically is not is a rare thing. So if you have no head, so it starts with what? Salvation. So you put the helmet of salvation on. That's where we start in our Christian walk. That's just my. I, I didn't read that anywhere. I was just I was just thinking about that. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the God, word of God. So if we don't have salvation. And just those last two, how can we have the Spirit indwelling us unless we are truly born again? So the way we stand against the wiles of the devil is if we have the Holy Spirit living inside us and we have taken the things mentioned here and put them into our lives by the Holy Spirit's power, God's power. So those who do not have these, when the devil comes, his wily coyote devil comes along, I shouldn't say that, the devil who is very clever, what do they have to stand on? They have no reason to even to stand I mean, how can, they, how can you go against evil when you have nothing to fight with? And so that's why it's so important for us that we have availed ourselves to 
what God has provided for us. So number one in your outline was uh, our adequacy in our, is in our sovereign. Two is our adversary is Satan. Wearsby says, sooner or later, every believer discovers that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. Uh, and so we are living in a world, I saw a definition of world I was reading yesterday, society apart from God. We, the world, the flesh, and the devil, that's our three enemies, the world, a society apart. Does that not just picture where we are today, a, a society apart from God? I was listening to a pastor being interviewed just yesterday. I might invite him to come and speak at our church in about three or four years when his schedule clears. They were asking him, what does he fear for the independent Baptist churches? He says, I shudder to think where some independent Baptist churches will be 10 years from now. He said, there's become such a compromise of things already. He said, there'll be some who are still doing the same thing and holding the line, and there's going to be a lot who... It's When you start down a path, you need to know where the end goes. If I start this path, this is probably where I'm going to end up. And we start down these paths, and we don't realize what's going to be the outcome of that path. We need to, by God's grace, so when a pastor starts making, whoever pastor starts making changes, what is going to be the ultimate end of that change after it's completed? Where have we gone to and so that's why, Pastor, you don't, it's the same, you do this, I'm, I know, but if it's going, I don't mind change, if it helps us and increase and, and gets people to hear the gospel, but I don't want to compromise so much that we start something and then 10 years from now, it's like, well, it's not the same church anymore, it's not my responsibility, I feel as a pastor, to keep this church culture that the church was founded on. Bible preaching's always been the center, we want to keep it that way, that's my desire to do so. So be careful before you start and jump on to a lot of new, the new bandwagons, because where's that <laughs> wagon? We were following five cars up to, I said, we're in a wagon train now. Two, you ever been on two and get behind somebody going 32 miles an hour? Probably done it more than I have. Spurgeon says this regarding Satan. It says in our text in 611, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for he wrestle not against flesh and blood, etc., Spurgeon says, nothing short of the total destruction of a believer will ever satisfy our adversary. And I'm telling you, I have a current example just from this morning, I think it was on the briefing, yesterday morning, regarding Hamas. Listen to the goal from the Hamas leaders. When the Hamas leaders in the New York Times... They said, we have, regarding the, October the 7th, we have succeeded in putting the Palestinian issue back on the table, and now no one in the region is experiencing calm. And the media advisor for the Hamas says, I hope that the state of war with Israel will become permanent on all the borders and that the Arab world will stand with us. That's not, that's what they are saying. The purpose is not so that they can live peacefully with Israel. That's not a purpose. That's not even on the table for them. They want the total destruction of Israel. And just think, if it happens over in the Middle East and all of them are gone, where are they coming next? Where's the next largest by far people of Israel? So that's why we're partly, that's one of the reasons, many reasons we're praying for, I'm not saying everybody's, I'm not saying Israel's perfect. I never said that. But I am saying we need to be on Israel's side. I mean, we need to pray for them. Whether you want to be, I just, I, the Bible says that. That's just Pastor Tim. So 
So that is, connecting the dots, nothing short of the total destruction of a believer will ever satisfy our adversary. And that's his goal. He, if you're living for the Lord, I was talking about, said my wife and her backing up. It seems like somebody was preaching on Job, perhaps. You don't think somebody preaching on Job, all these things going on. He says, Satan would rend the believer in pieces, break his bones, and utterly destroy him if he could. Do not, therefore, indulge. Now, where's this little hedge? Where's the hedge idea come in? It comes in from Job. Satan says, only, the only reason, Job, because you put a what around him? And I think, I think we talked about before, I think we all have a, a hedge around us. I think we all have that. Satan, he says, uh, therefore, do not indulge the thought, Spurgeon says, that the main purpose of Satan is to make you miserable. Satan is pleased with that, but that's not his ultimate end. Sometimes he may even make you happy. For he has dainty poisons, sweet to the taste, that he administers to God's people. If he feels that our destruction can be readily achieved by sweets than by bitters, he certainly would prefer that which is best affect his end. He uses what works. He uses, with each of us, have a different, I think we have a different uh, palate, if you would. Some things that affect me, you have, you know, some things may really be a struggle for you. I have no, or it doesn't bother me in the slightest, but it seems like he knows from watching our lives and what's worked before. Lady said today, Mr. He goes, Tim, she goes, I've got my computer. Brand, it's only two months year old and a two months old, my computer, and I turn it on and it's got this virus on it. And I said, listen, please, what works is this. But it's got this virus. I said, I know. What you have to do is just take this and help. What was that? I said, just take the button, hold it down until it comes off. Wait 10 seconds. Start it up again. And if the virus is still on it, but that's the virus. I said, hold the button on there again. Let it completely turn off. Take your hand off 10 seconds, start it up again, and keep doing that. Till that and by the way, if you ever get that virus, it, it comes over, that's, that's how you solve it. I said, if you brought the computer to me right now, I would do that very thing. That's the one thing that works. Don't try to be real clever. Mark, when, uh, would you say that's the right, Dr. Mark? I knew I shouldn't have asked you. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked Dr. Gracie on that one. Okay, but if installing the operating system's not an option, keep turning it off and on until the, the virus disappears, right? Yes. Okay. You know, I, I'm downing everything now. <laughs> Can we go back to the Bible lesson? I should have stayed on the Bible lesson and not gotten off on that. Now, we assume, and I think rightly so, that he has a lot of helpers. Now, if you want to think of chapter 6, verse 12, as the military listing of the helpers, that is fine. I have no problem with that. I think it's talking about the, uh, the, 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 who we're facing, not necessarily generals, sergeants, uh, all, all the rest, you know, whatever the rest of are, uh, generals, majors, etc. It's principalities, it's against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You, you want to know what we're facing. It's, that's what we're facing. We're facing Satan is, is alive and well. He's not taking a whiff of Hades for centuries. Why would you go there when you know eventually you're going to be a place a lot worse than that for eternity? Why would he be down there right now? I'm just... He's the prince, the Bible says, he is the prince of the power of Hades? No, prince of the power of the air. And he is, he is, he's been given a lot of authority over this world. Of course, we know this is my father's world, the songwriter said, and he will come back and he will take the world back. Aren't you looking forward to that? 
Now, no doubt there's a lot of levels of authority. I believe that Satan has a hierarchy. I believe he's probably very organized. I think uh, angels, good angels, are also very organized. I think they follow God, etc. But I think the, the real main idea here would be, lots of it would be like the activity and character. Who are we fighting against? Just plain evil. My wife was reading me a horrible story about over in the Middle East just last night and, and the way men were handling and behaving is like, how can we get that low? How can we get that low? Then we think about Genesis 6, Genesis 19, Judges 19, 20, and 21. How does mankind get to that level? It's because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? We have a deceitful heart. Now, it's important to remember for us the real enemies are not physical. Now, will people oppose us? Yes. Will people try to stop you from living your faith and witnessing? Yes, they will. And doing the will of God? Yes, some will. Paul had demons who forsook him. He had Alexander the coppersmith who did him much harm. He had the Judaizers who plagued him, the false teachers who slandered him and mocked and lied about him, and Nero who had him under house arrest and probably eventually killed him. So Paul had a lot of physical people who were against him. That's just to name a few. Question number one, then who's the real enemy behind our opposition? Is it humankind or is it Satan and his evil forces? It's Satan and his evil forces who are using the tools available, if you would, Wearsby says, we, we are wasting a lot of our time fighting people when we ought to be fighting the devil who seeks to control people and make them oppose the work of God. The real enemy is not flesh and blood, and I really like this. Now, you may struggle with this little paragraph here. Not, it's not, I, don't think it's, I think it's pretty thought-provoking. From, this is from Tooth and Territory. It says, think about, page one, under question one, your battle is not against the boss who will not let you leave your Bible on your desk. The enemy is not the school principal who will not allow your child to wear a Christian t-shirt. The enemy is not the humanist judge who rules that under God and the Pledge of Allegiance is unconstitutional. The enemy is not a political party, a candidate, a congressman, the unsafe spouse hostile to Christ, or a local elected official. The enemy is not the abortion provider, the homosexual activist, or the ACLU. These people are not the enemy. They're the mission field. I just, boom, it's like, whoa, we spend so much time, I spend so much time, what don't like about this, they're the people that we're to be trying to reach. You don't have to agree with someone to tear the gospel with them. Pray for them. I, I, I struggle with this too. I, I'm just the people who, my wife was talking about, the men who did this, the women over in the Middle East, they deserve a quick, not even a quick burial. They need to be shot several times and then killed. Now, that's my flesh. That's my flesh saying those things. But Jesus died for them too. Now, I'm telling you, I, I would have a hard time if a, if a person came in and I'd want to, I mean, I would come unglued. But he also died for them. And the, the people who have these beliefs are not my enemy. They have a different belief system completely apart from God, but that's what they need, is it not? And if I don't treat, I'm just, we have to be careful, I'm just saying, we, we get so caught up, people who have, and they maybe never even heard the gospel. The real battle on page, on page maybe it's about page, bottom page one, the real battle is with dark, of darkness, it's Satan and the, the people, and the evil emissaries of Satan who are controlling the thinking of the world, influencing their behavior. 
and deceiving them and thinking that those things that are true are right and good. How, how, can you, how can you say that, how can the Islamic person say that they're doing God's will when they do such murderous things because they have been taught that? Well, I'm going uh, to use the word bastard here, but in, in North Korea, they say, every time they say a word American, it's the American bastard. That's how the children are taught from the get-go. When you say it, Amer- that word goes with American every single time. So you were raised in that, you would believe it too. We, we take for granted hearing the truth of the gospel. Every day I think, do we thank the Lord? Have we thanked him today for saving you, from, for hearing the truth of the gospel? We, it says in 2 Timothy 2.26, those that often we perceive as the enemy says, and they that may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him, at his, we will. There are those who have been ensnared by the, yes, they, they brought them on themselves, possibly in some ways, but there are those who are ensnared by Satan. He's got a hold on them. I mean, it's come to such a point in our own country that we are changing the ornithologist group. is changing the name of every bird group named for a human being. Because some of the people who have names on bird group categories in the past had objectively horrible past. And so we're going to change the name of all the bird groups that are named for human being names. I'm not, I'm not saying, it probably there were some people who did wrong things, I mean, probably terrible things. But... <laughs> Look, it's here now. What are you trusting in now? What is your life focused on now? And so the past is important. You can't change the past by trying to relegate it now. The past is what it is. And praise the Lord, the past involves Christ dying for us. So, number one, our adequacy is our sovereign. Adversary is Satan. Our approach is to stand. Verse 3, on page 2. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. We stand in the evil day, I'm sorry, and haven't done all to stand. Stand, therefore, I'm guessing question number two, are you getting the impression that armor is important? So important, armor of God, that without it we are unable to stand or resist. The old person, or the only person able to stand, the wiles of the devil, is a believer who's appropriated uh, what Christ is offering. An unbeliever cannot stand question three. He cannot. Why? He doesn't have the Spirit living inside. They don't know the truth. They don't have the righteousness of Christ. They don't have peace with God. They don't have the helmet of salvation. They have not exercised faith. And they don't have the Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit. So the unbeliever cannot resist the wiles of the devil. Now, can they understand enough to be saved? Yes. We have all as unbelievers. At one time, you were an unbeliever. And you heard the gospel, and it probably was not the first time, maybe not even the hundredth time, but eventually you heard, and the Holy Spirit prompted you, and you finally said yes. Best decision I ever made. And I was, I was six years, but if you've been older and you got to say, man, I've never heard a true believer say, man, I wish I'd have never done that. I've never heard, honestly, a true believer. Now, I've seen some media pastors who've walked away from God, and there's been some singers who've walked away when we're not Christian. They weren't that Christian in the first place. The, the difficulty there, if you're truly born again, doesn't mean you don't get discouraged. It means that we're con- you got to continue to trust the Lord. Continue on. That was question number three. Page, we're still on page two. The evil day. Uh, it's interesting, it is only Christians who have been delivered from the evil day. Some have thought this de- evil day at times 
or, or seasons of temptation. But I'm telling you, really, evil days almost every day. Until Christ comes to rule and to reign, evil happens every day. And so we've got to be so redeeming the time because the days are evil. 516, the days are, are evil. It was evil before. It's just more, I think it's ramped up now. It's evil than it was before. He says, one author said, in reality, every day since Adam ate the forbidden fruit in the garden has been an evil day. Why would you say that? Well, have we not sinned against the holy God? Have we not stood in rebellion? Adam stood, Adam stood in rebellion for all of us. There are, different, there are six different ways that is viewed in theological terms, how that we're associated with Adam. I'm not going to get into all those. But there, there's, we, when he's in mankind, we're, we're, we're born in sin now. We're, we are born with a sin nature. And so that, that's from Adam on. So we have evil days. So we're not only to be on guard at times of particular temptation, but at times of every day. I think I would say that, and the statistics would probably bear this out, that it's a lot harder to handle success than it is to handle difficulty. When you start handling difficulty, you, you, you can handle that. But people who have success, it's so, it's, look at our own country. When we, what, the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church, blood of the martyrs. It's when times are difficult, that's what strengthens our faith. You want, to know, you want to see some strong Christians go to nations where they have to meet underground. Go to North Korea, where if you're found with the Bible, you and four generations back or three generations back all get killed if they catch you with the Bible or reading God's Word. Or you tear the King Jong-un's picture and you get caught doing that. You can be executed for that. He executed some, I don't know how long ago, but he took a, a, a military, uh, like a big howitzer-type military gun to kill somebody with, just to make a point. We have to be on our guard all the time. So having done all to stand, I believe he's referring there to all the imperative commands he's given us from chapter 4, 1, all the way to 6, 9. Having done all, then we are to stand. We are to stand. But you can't stand on your own. There's no way that you and I, in our own strength, our own flesh, can stand against the wiles of the devil. He's the craftiest thing there is. He's so crafty. His emissaries are crafty, and he knows just what buttons to push. I, I'd say, when my daughter was in high school, I'd say, Kendra, I, I, I jumped through so many hoops. So when I, she got married to Sam, I think on the day of the wedding, I said, Sam, I'm giving you Kendra and all the hoops that came with her. <laughs> you can jump through them. You can start jumping through them now. So there we are. Having that all to stand. We are to stand. We cannot stand on our own. The Christian life is lived with heartfelt obedience to the commands of our sovereign. We are to be seeking to obey. That's where it all comes. The rubber meets the road. You have to obey. If I'm going to drive on the road and not get pulled over, I've got to drive, you know, basically I'm going to drive within the speed limit. I can't be going like thir- three miles an hour. I get pulled over going too slow. I think, Mrs., I think Cheryl, your dad told me he got pulled over for going too slow one time on the way over to, he did, going too slow. So you go, if you go too fast, I, I could, who wants to tell me about, you got caught, no, about going too fast? It's, but we've had, when the push comes to shove, it's, it's that obedience thing. I love what Mark Twain, I'm not promoting Mark Twain. He says, it's not the things I don't understand that bother me, it's the things that I do. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. 
And when, and when I don't do it, it is on me. It's not on God. I tell my wife to tie in today's society, those who lose their lives over in the Middle East, whoever ends their life accidentally, it's on the people, the Hamas soldiers who started it. It's their responsibility for starting that. I mean, that's my personal opinion. If, if I disobey God, it's, it's not Stephanie's fault. Uh, we could blame them on the cats. I need a lot of blame. It's not even their fault. It's me. So we put on the whole arm of God that we may be able to resist. Let's close in, in James 4, 7. First, first Peter 5, 8. Let's do 1 Peter 5, 8, please. It's, it's uh, a little bit further, but we'll get there. 1 Peter 5, 8. 5, chapter 8. says for us here. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. That God's going to see me through. That God has a plan for this. In James 5, 7, <coughs> 4, 7, sorry. James 4, 7. <coughs> Back a couple of verses, chapter books, I'm sorry, books there. James 4, 7 says for us here. <clears throat> but to the end of all things as at hand, be ye sober. That's oh, 1 Peter, I'm sorry, James 4, 7. 1 Peter went back too far. James 4, 7, not 1 Peter. That's right next door. <laughs> you should have known that already, yes. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, that submitting thing, does that not rankle humankind? Submitting? Submitting yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Not bind him, not cast him out, not have a mantra. None of those things. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye devil-minded. We know, I know, and you know what obedience is. And so may we apply it, and may we help others as we have visitors come Sunday, I encourage you to go out of your way uh, to introduce yourself. You see, somebody don't know. I'm telling you, the first time someone comes, often Mrs. Dickens has gone so out of her way to help the Cowdens, and I so appreciate that. And a lot of you, other, and that's all other people. I appreciate that. That's something we just, that's something we should do regularly. See, somebody don't know. It's beyond my comfort zone. It's, it's beyond my comfort zone to be a pastor. I could be very happy up in a holler a book to read, and a fishing pole, and I would be content till I'd probably pass away. As long as you have Diet Mountain Dew in the cooler there for me. I could be content. This is, being a pastor is well beyond my comfort zone. Well beyond it. I'm a hermit at heart. A hermit at heart. Give me a cabin on a lake somewhere, and I'll be content. So all of us need to go out and to share, yes, so that brings us, aren't you glad God doesn't change? May we obey him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you care for us. Lord, we didn't get near as far as I planned on getting, but Lord, we don't have to. If we just take some nugget here, there, and determine that we're going to obey you, how can I fear when Jesus is near? Lord, we give you thanks. Thanks to God for our Redeemer. And you are the sweetest name I know. May we share that with others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.